Hey guys, it's David. Um, before we get the show started, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and give that a listen. Uh, we had Katie Johansson on this series in place of Whitney. Um, she's got some experience in social work, so she had some uh, some things to say about this topic. Um, but before we get the show started, I wanted to um, give you guys some resources. Um, if you know somebody that's struggling with addiction or you yourself are struggling with addiction, as always, we would say... Um, First, go to your church, uh, someone you trust, a family member, a friend. Um, but here are some resources that you can also uh, get in touch with if, like I said, you know somebody that's struggling or you yourself are struggling. Uh, the SAMHSA, uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration, um, they have a helpline that you can call. Um, also, Tennessee Red Line also has a helpline. Um, so, yeah, those are two resources that you can get in touch with. Um, and we just wanted to make those available for you guys and also just want to say thank you for uh, your listening and uh, the traffic you guys have given us over the past few weeks um, we just started a facebook page uh, free wine and unleavened bread uh, go ahead and like our page give us a follow also go uh, subscribe to our youtube channel uh, free wine and unleavened bread as well we are praying for you guys we are thinking of you guys shoot us a dm if you have any prayer requests as always and um, enjoy the show This is partner to like roll around with, you know? <laughs> oh, on roller on skates. skates. <laughs> roller skates, people. Corianne is rolling around on roller skates. Yes. That, Catch me in the streets. That or she's bumping in a RAV4 yeah. with the rims. Singing about Jesus. <laughs> rolling down the street in my RAV4. Singing about Jesus. <laughs> no rhythm. <laughs> no rhythm whatsoever. I always say that I'm so white that yes. even my heart doesn't have rhythm, and that's because I have an arrhythmia. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm putting in my two weeks. I quit. <laughs> well, this is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread, and I was way too close to the mic. I'm sorry about that. You could. <laughs> Blew our ears out there, Dalton. Blew the ears out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or the windows okay. out. Oh. Or the no. tires on the RAV4. Ooh. Oh, that yeah. better not happen. Don't speak that over my car. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. Corey Ann does not receive it. No. Uh, but this is free wine and unleavened bread. Who am I? I'm Dalton Locke. <laughs> I'm just a nobody. Oh. Hosting this podcast. All about somebody. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But I've got Corey Ann here with me. Hey. And I've got David Overstreet. Hello. We're missing Whitney, but we've got Katie. Hello. Hello. Hi. So glad you could join us. Yes, me too. Yeah, like, we were worried that we would have to phone you in while you're on an airplane jumping out. Oh, my God. How many times are we going <laughs> to yes. make this joke, y'all? Three shows in Every a row. Every time I see you, we make this joke. Well, it's hilarious because every time, we, every time we reach out to you, hoping that you can hang out, it's like you're doing something extravagant. <laughs> like jumping out of an airplane. I don't know if I'd call it extravagant. Or traveling... <laughs> The Grand Canyon. I have not done that, and I would love to do that. Wing suiting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now y'all are just adding that. things to the list. Yeah, we are. We are. We've always said that if our life ever became like a sitcom, then it would be a running joke that we would 
reach out to you and you would be doing something different every time <laughs> or you'd parachute in behind us somewhere like we'd be just in the street talking. i appreciate that you guys think i'm that cool well, I mean, you yeah, are you cool. are pretty cool uh, okay thank you. Remember, remember that time Modesty, that i said i, I was uh delivering in a certain route and there's this person i see almost every single day uh this was back in the summer and they were cutting their grass and uh-huh. uh this lady she was like maybe 33 or something but she was cutting her grass. She was wearing a kickboxing tank top. Yes. And she was like, yeah, I just got done teaching a class on jujitsu, and I'm about yes. to go learn this new language. <laughs> and I was like, this is Katie. This yeah. is Katie. That is like my <laughs> aspiration, part, like in part. Yeah. Like that was a huge compliment. You have no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what we view of you, Katie. Thank you. Yeah. I do like to mow grass. You do like to mow grass. I do. Okay. It's pretty fun. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Talk about gender roles. Yeah. It is relaxing to mow grass. It is. It is. I've never mowed grass, but I do like to vacuum. Okay. okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to it's vacuum. It's like the same thing, right? Yeah. Just one's grass, one's carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're not they cutting ha- They both anything. have specific smells, too. <laughs> like, you it know, is yeah. true. The vacuum smell is so great. It, yeah. What? Vacuum smell, like clean carpet, you know? Or like vacuum, freshly vacuumed you, hot carpet. You like, know? obviously, you have the stuff that you like, you know, you powder over the carpet before you vacuum. Huh. I'll put that. like I'll spray like perfume or something on the carpet and then I'll vacuum it. Ooh. There's a little little tip for you guys. Okay. Huh. All right. Okay. Cool. Learning new things. All day. <laughs> East. East. Well, guys, it is time that we uh, put the milk down because it's dinner time. Yum! I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> there's a sound bite. <laughs> I'm <No>. hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Well, guys, last week we got into whether drinking uh, and the use of drugs was a sin. Uh, And I think we all kind of came to the same conclusion that uh, it's that drinking itself is not a sin, but drinking to the point of incontinence or drunkenness definitely is because you have that head Mm -hmm. change. You're no longer sober minded. You can't hear well from the Holy Spirit. And to be a drunk is shameful. Mm. Is kind of what we drew from uh, that. But now we want to get into, okay, I've been drinking a whole lot, or I've been using drugs a whole lot, and I feel like I'm addicted to it, or I have these issues that I can't, these habits that I can't really break. And we want to be sensitive to that, of course, Mm -hmm. but we also want to help you get out of it. Um, Now, just listening to one podcast isn't going to do that. You have to have community. You have to have resources. Uh, But we believe that the most important thing is you have to have a relationship with Christ. Yes. And so we're going to get into all of that a little bit. We're also going to get into the fact that addictions are not just limited to substance abuse, but also, you know, just habits. Um, It's really a form of idolatry if you kind of get into it. So we're going to get into all of that a little bit. But first, we want to hear from Katie. Kind of hear, we want to know kind of like the credentials that you have Katie <laughs> as to why we have you on this episode talking about it okay I feel so professional so professional um yeah so my name is Katie um I have my bachelor's in social work and I'm working on my master's right now um throughout my schooling um I've had the opportunity to work with people with severe substance use disorders um meaning when I say severe I mean some of them have used alcohol or drugs since the age of 12. Um, they've been to jail or prison multiple times because of their addictions. Um, they've experienced extreme loss with their families, with their health, with their friends, and 
basically their addictions have brought them to the place of um, desperation for help. Basically, when I get to them or when I see them, they say, I will do anything. Please help me. Um, and so we want to be sensitive to that. Um, some Something I'll preface with is rather than calling somebody an addict or a meth user or something like that, um, I like to be a little bit more empowering, say somebody who's in recovery, somebody who's struggling with an addiction, um, somebody with a methamphetamine use disorder, which I know sounds fancy and you guys don't have to use those words if you don't want to, um, but just to be sensitive and to understand that, you know, nobody, nobody wants to struggle with an addiction. Um, it's, it's, it's hard and it's, it's not fun. It's not easy. You lose a lot. Um, so yeah. And when we have, you know, a loved one struggling with it, it's good to know how to help them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the points you made, um, when you and I were talking about this was that you also don't want to label them Mm -hmm. an addict because then you're kind of identifying them with that. And that's, that tends to kind of create the mindset, I can't separate separate yeah. from this. Yeah. And I think that's something Christ really um, would uh, support us in is basically like, you are my daughter, you are my son. Um, not only are you Christ's son or daughter, but you're also, you might be a mother or a father, a brother, sister. You might be um, a horseback rider, a fisherman, and you happen to have an addiction. So, yeah. so our, our sins don't define us because the Lord has freed us from those sins. Right. Mm-hmm. We are freed from the shackles of sin. Yes. yes. Um, well, awesome. Cool. Uh, does anybody have anything on that? I yeah, think... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to say on that topic of addiction, right. I know we've kind of talked about it, um, but I think addiction, too, is a, is a form of idolatry. And it, it's even before that addiction starts, but I think that's what kind of starts... Um, this reliance on other things other than Jesus is idolatry. Mm. How do you think, so I'm just thinking, I think it's a slow burn, right? Like Mm -hmm. we start prioritizing, we kind of make an exception. So we don't have this. I think in one of y'all's last last podcasts that I've listened to, you said if you don't have like strict boundaries, then like you slip or something. Mm -hmm. I think that might've been y'all. But um, if you kind of slip and you say, I'm just going to drink a little extra tonight or I'm going to drown my sorrow or my pain tonight with some wine like we talked about last week. Um, I think it's a slippery slope. Definitely. Absolutely. And I can see where it would be for me because alcohol addiction tends to run in my family. Mm. Um, I know a few of my family members who have struggled with it or are struggling with it. Um, my, a few, few of my grandparents or great grandparents, uh, all struggled with alcohol addiction, um, and they wouldn't even call it a struggle. They didn't think they had a, they had a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it led to a lot of just dysfunction in the family, led to a lot of on, later-onset depression mm-hmm. in the children. Um, so it, it's definitely a big issue, uh, to say the least, and I completely forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> well, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great that you're aware. Yeah. To be aware that it it runs in your family is mm-hmm. one of the first steps in preventing. I it. remember where I was going with it now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that's why I had the conviction that if I am having a bad day and the thought comes in, uh, a beer would be really nice. Yeah. Then I'm not gonna drink. Okay. 
because I because I can see how it's a slippery slope, and I can see how I would turn to it for that comfort, mm. and it would become a habit. And so, you know, there are some days. There have been some days where, you know, I've come home. I've had a pretty rough, long, bad day, and David's like, "Hey, you want to go get a drink? Go to." like not as in like hey i've heard you've had a bad day let's go get a drink but yeah. like just a a beer and a burger like we go to jack brown's a whole lot Ooh, yes you know just you know as a fun kind of guy yes. thing to do you know just to have conversation and i'm like no i can't like i'll i might make up some excuse i won't tell david that i've had a bad day or anything which I probably should but um <laughs> I, i'll just I'll be like, no, I can't today. Got something else going on. But that's because I can see myself wanting to get drunk Mm -hmm. to kind of drown out the pain. And that's where, like, you just got to, you have to have those strict boundaries. Mm -hmm. You've got to have that self-control, which I feel like comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, But there are some people who they kind of lack that self-control. And I feel like I lack that in certain areas. I definitely lacked it with um, pornography earlier in my faith walk. I feel like a lot of men struggle with that. And, I mean, women, too. I don't know that women are exempt from that, you know? Yeah. Um, And, honestly, I feel like it's been kind of miraculous, the fact that I've had so much self-control here lately. Um, I don't think it's of my own accord. Given COVID and all the stress or? Well, just um, so a little bit about the fact that I was addicted to pornography from Mm -hmm. probably when I was 12 or 13 all the way up until later in last year. Um, I had been going to um, counseling for it. I had a mentor in it, kind of like a sponsor um, that would check in on me, make sure, you know, make sure I'm doing well. I'd meet with him weekly. And then I sort of graduated Mm -hmm. from the program that I was in. But I was still honestly struggling with it. Mm. Um, but then this whole mindset just kind of came to mind. It, it came to mind that when I would do this, I would grieve the Holy Spirit because that's biblical. Mm-hmm. When we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit mm. because he is in us. Um, and then the fact that I realized my body wanted this, but my spirit didn't. Because my spirit knew each time that I would give in to the temptation of pornography that I would go into major, like, manic episodes. Really? Yeah. So I would get super angry easily. And then that anger, when it had subsided, would just downfall into depression. Hmm. I would have the worst days. I would have suicidal thoughts. All this stuff. And finally, I just realized I'm like, I was talking to David about it. It was, it was recent anyway. Um, how there is this guy that used to teach me in music class when I was in school, and when I would get something right, he would praise me for it. But when I would do it wrong again, he would say, "A bear doesn't walk into a bear trap twice. Hmm. It's gonna walk into it once and realize, yeah, I'm not doing that again." <laughs> If it survives. Yeah. Um, and I just realized, I was like, why do I keep going back to this? Yeah. Why do I keep turning back to this? And I realized it's because my flesh is making empty promises. 
tell me that I'm going to be gratified, that I'm going to be fulfilled from this action. And my spirit knows beforehand that's not the truth, but my spirit was weak, my flesh was willing. Or my spirit was willing, but my flesh was weak. Yeah. Um, But just kind of that mindset has helped me so much and just saying I don't want this yeah I want what God has for me um and so that's brought on a new just kind of sense of self-control that I don't think is of my own accord I think it's the Holy Spirit through and through well it kind of goes with that verse about a dog returning to its vomit yeah um but it is it's like why why do we return to things that hurt us and we know it Mm mm-hmm but it is just that which is interesting I was reading that today Mm -hmm. Um, and that's in the sense that somebody who has accepted Christ into their own hearts and then turned away from it that's where like Paul says that the or maybe it's Peter is it Mm. it's either Paul or Peter (laughs) (laughs) one of the Um, two they say that like that's when the proverb becomes true that they're like a person who they're like a, they're like a dog that returns to its own vomit, um, because their unacceptance of Christ in their heart is even more worse than the first time that they were unaccepted, mm-hmm. like unaccepting of it. Um, so it's even worse for a, um, a renounced Christian. Is what the point he's making there? But, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Katie, what, what do you, um, I mean, you've talked about some of the experiences you've had, like, so let's say someone's, they're in that state of, they're in this and they ha- they don't have a lot of self-control over it. What's the first step in starting the journey out of that? So, sometimes, it, it really just depends. Um, if, it depends on really if you're a Christian or not. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna look different. Yeah. Um, for whatever religion or non-religion you identify with, I would recommend seeking out treatment. Um, so for a Christian, Christian recovery might work really well for you. Um, there's recovery centers. Hmm, there's one called the Next Door in Nashville. It's a faith-based recovery center for women. Um, Let's see. What was Celebrate Recovery that you mentioned? Celebrate Recovery is a great resource for somebody who isn't like super, like isn't, doesn't have a super severe addiction. Um, gotcha. They're just, they're kind of at a point where they recognize it's a problem. They want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, you know, even later down the road with um, just trying to work on it. Um, it is a Christian-based um, meeting. So we have AA and A, right? And then we have Celebrate Recovery. Um, so it's a 12-step group. I believe they do 12-step. I'm not 100% sure, though. Um, and they have them in churches throughout Murfreesboro or, I mean, really any city in the in the U.S. Um, and I think they meet different nights. I think it's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I know Wednesday nights they meet at The Experience, and you get together, and it's for people struggling with hearts, habits, and hang-ups. So whether it's substance use, pornography, anger, um, what's the word? Um enabling um whatever you're struggling with you go you have a big group meeting so somebody might share their testimony or they might do um step work 
and then afterwards you break off into small groups and you go into rooms and you just talk about what you're struggling with sometimes you get your chips for sobriety um from whatever your your addiction is um so yeah it's a great way to draw community um and a great way to i mean you know the bible talks about when you confess your sins to the lord and to to others um you can get freedom from that and so just having that community could be a great thing. I mean, I know a lot of people feel shame um, towards their addictions, but we're all struggling with sin, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So treatment for sure, you know, reaching out. Um, There's helplines, you know, if you don't have insurance, there's options, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Let's kind of dive into the fact, uh, so let's dive into the fact that Christians should lift each other up in their struggles and their transgressions. Mm, uh, I think last episode, David wrote a, David wrote, David read uh, a verse about um, if you see anybody that's caught in transgression. Yeah, Galatians 6 1. Galatians 6 1. If there's anybody that's caught in transgression, lift them up or res- gently restore them with a spirit of gentleness. Right. Hmm. Um, but be careful that you don't fall into temptation yourself I think is how it goes yeah um, we're called to gently restore that's a command right there to gently restore those um, our brothers who are struggling with sin in their lives um, so th- no part of that is about like judging them yeah I think yeah I think as Christians it's easy for us to say oh we got that we're, we're good with this like we're, we're not struggling with this sin or we hide our sin and to judge others. It can be really easy to do um, because we're supposed to be, you know, the salt and the light. So we sometimes may appear better than the world, right? Um, but, yeah, not to judge or how did you word that, Dalton? We're not to judge, but we're to, supposed to gently restore. Gently restore. Yeah. Um that is good. I like that gently restore part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But let's talk about like the spiritual side of things behind addiction. Um, why do you guys think that people would become addicted to maybe a habit, or why they would become addicted to a substance in the first place? Like, why are they turning to that? Why are they? Um, yeah. Like, what what do you think the mindset is there? I think a big part is <clears throat> so. As Christians, when we are struggling or when we're celebrating or whatever it is, we should be turning to Jesus, you know, reading his word, praying to him. Um, but sometimes that isn't this fast-paced answer or reward that we're looking for. And I think that's why we'll turn to drugs or alcohol or food or whatever it is mm-hmm. because it's a quick dopamine fix, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all about this quick Quick fix. Yeah. Instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that can be a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know, Dalton, you and I have talked a little bit about it. Um, Just coming at it from the substance use side. um, And, I mean, really a lot of things if you struggle with an eating disorder or different different things. But um, a lot of it might be, you know, you might be spiritually lacking. You may not be giving God the time that he deserves, right? But not everybody, not everybody's a Christian. And so not everybody's going to look to God for that, that help. 
Um, so some, I mean, what I've seen is sometimes, you know, we have this idea that people who are homeless or people with addictions, like it's kind of a choice they've made. They've made the choice to take drugs, use drugs, and it's their fault that they are where they are. And sometimes, you know, it is very important to take responsibility for that. Um, but the way kind of what I've seen is if you are a six-year-old, 12-year-old kid growing up in a house with substance use, domestic violence, poverty, um, know God, you know, you don't know God, you don't hear about God, this is just how you've been raised. Um, how do you break that cycle? How do we expect others to be able to know how to break that cycle? Um, so sometimes, you know, it does have to be do with our spirituality, um, but other times, you might be 16 and you smoke weed at a party because you, maybe you don't know Jesus. It happens to be laced with fentanyl or cocaine and then you form an addiction, you know? So rather than blaming um, or finding the source of an addiction, I think it's important to focus on just how to help them out of it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Or even people that take medication for pain relief oh, and then gosh, become hooked yes. on it. Absolutely, and that's a great that's a great example. Um, I've met with several success like people who have been successful in their careers, and they take opioids because of a shoulder replacement or surgery, and um, you know, or back issues. You have back issues. You're prescribed opioids. Well, unfortunately, there's been a lot of opioid um, misdistribution, and so now we're um, having stricter protocol with it. So people might be seeking help for their pain in heroin or illegal opioids, you know, off the streets because they can't get it prescribed or, I mean, there's so many things. Um, not, like I said, not to take away the self-responsibility because there is definitely, uh, it's, it can be empowering to claim, you know, and say like, hey, this is my fault, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's not our faults. Yeah, and I think it's also important for if you have an addiction and you have been blessed and enough to have the opportunity to overcome that addiction, the road doesn't end there. You mm -hmm. are you need the people that will trust be trusted the most are the people that have been through it and conquered it. So there's this struggle if you haven't been through something and you talk to somebody who has an addiction, they'll they'll say that. They'll say, like, you, you don't know what this is. You can, you've never lived this. Mm. And so I think that if you have an addiction and you've been blessed to have the opportunity to overcome it, you should spend the better part of your life helping others, like, yeah, to, totally. to not fall into that same trap. Or if they're already there, like, helping them out of it. Like, I think if we had more people who, and, and there are plenty of people who do this, but I think if we had people that once they've overcome their addiction, just really focus on helping others that, yeah, I mean, it would be a huge impact. Yeah. Like, I, will, I will say the recovery community is pretty good about supporting each other. Yeah. Um, and with what you're saying, second Corinthians one, three ish through five ish, um, <laughs> talks about, it says, blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus, the father of mercies and the God of comfort. He comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So just with what you were saying, you know, if you've been through that affliction, you can comfort others. And I think that's such a great, a beautiful thing with our testimonies. Like sometimes we're like, man, why did I go through this? But 
later on you realize oh wow like i can help others with with what my experience has been yeah it's redeeming you know Mm -hmm. yeah something that i want to share is that so you mentioned what about the people who have never really known god Mm -hmm. um while that is definitely a true statement that like i'm those are true cases all around the world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the fact that God is here, he's alive, and that he is active in their lives whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and God has said that anything you put before me is an idol. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty binary. Either you have idols that come before God or you have God, mm-hmm. and God comes before those things. Now, I think when you have God come before those things, that's when you're empowered to be able to uh, turn away from these things. That's when your um, Christ has uh, Galatians five one for freedom. Christ has set us free. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you read later on, uh, we are called to freedom by Christ. And then later on in that same chapter, uh, but not do not use that freedom as an excuse to um, to gratify the flesh. Um, the point that I want to make is that everybody needs God Uh and they need to know that they need God before they need anything else. So I believe that there is saving power in the gospel. Mm. Now, whether the the rest of the world believes that, I highly doubt that they do, but we can use the gospel to save people from their slavery. Yeah. Because we, it says it right here that we've been set free from the slavery of flesh from the slavery of sin and we are set free in Christ and if we submit ourselves to Christ then we are promised by scripture that we will not fall from grace yeah Proverbs oh sorry go ahead go for it I was going to say Proverbs 3 says in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths Mm -hmm. so like you're saying and if you read Galatians chapter 5 or 1 Peter chapter 1 you'll see all these promises about how you won't fall back into slavery. You won't fall from grace if you walk in the Spirit, if you walk in truth. So I want to... I don't want to take away from the fact that people have very real struggles and that they haven't always put themselves in the situations that they're in, but they can get out of it with the power of the gospel. Yeah. That's a great... Yeah, I like that. There's power in his name. Mm-hmm. So don't let yourself be a victim to it. Yeah. I like that. I do. I think sometimes it's it's harder to to live than it is to read. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. It's harder to live out those things than it is to read them and accept them as truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because something's hard doesn't mean we don't face up to it. You know? Yeah. But, you know, I think having that freedom and that that power that Christ has given us as Christians, we're, I mean, obviously we're shared, we're, sh- we're what is the word? We're told to share it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I would say hold strong to that scripture. And when you have, when you know somebody struggling with any kind of addiction, empower them with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, by his stripes we were healed, and I think that relates to addiction as well. I mean, it is this kind of form of disease that takes over, Mm -hmm. you know? And when you believe in faith, 
that you're healed of that and you keep holding on to that and feeding yourself the scripture it's just it's gonna come along yeah I would love to give another example of like kind of some redemption and grace that you're talking about um so I'm gonna give like a a fleshly example and then I'm gonna give like a Christian like the Holy Spirit example um so this man named David Best did some research um and it's called Better Than Well um and basically he found that those who have struggled with addiction um I believe it was substance use but I would say you can probably generalize it um those who have struggled with addiction have a deeper appreciation for life than those who have not if they've overcome it if they've found recovery right so um you know however severe if you if you can find recovery you kind of have this deeper appreciation um then maybe you or i may not if you haven't struggled with it and so like that's cool it's like okay we have this scientific example this research that shows us like whoa like that's there's some some power like that's something they have that we don't you know what i mean um but then like we know this as christians we know this we just maybe it just maybe hasn't clicked god says plenty of times in the bible that our our trials make us stronger Mm -hmm. um romans 5 3 through 5 or 3 through 4 says and not only that but we rejoice in our affliction because we know that affliction produces endurance endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope this hope will not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so it's like, wow, we have this cool, like, scientific research, but, like, God already told us this. Like, he already told us mm-hmm. our afflictions will will bring us closer to him, will help us overcome. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I just think that's really redeeming, and it gives a lot of hope, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we should probably go ahead and wrap up, um, but I don't want to leave our listeners without any resources. So, um, Katie, kind of goes give us examples of resources that we can use again, like it did in the last episode or earlier this episode. Um, well, I don't have them written down on me, um, but SAMHSA Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration has uh, like a helpline that you can call. I mean, anytime you search addiction on Google, like it's the first thing that pops up. Um, there is the Tennessee Red Line. Um, I don't have the number for that. Do you have it handy by chance? Uh, I don't, but we can probably just get it up before we post this. Okay. Like we can just add it, add it as like a, a video or an audio. Yeah. Soundbite. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, Tennessee we'll Red Line. Um, any, uh, I mean, psychiatric hospitals. If you aren't insured, they'll have options for you. I mean, any hospital really. But yeah, I mean seek help churches aa na meetings you can google those online Mm -hmm. um celebrate recovery will deal with pornography addiction different things like that so gotcha yeah all right well um for our listeners i just want you to know that we are always praying for our listeners and we want you guys to know that you can reach out to us if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to anything else we will try and help you um, with resources Uh, we'll definitely be praying for you and uh We'll get you connected with the church if need if need be. Uh, but guys, continue praying for us as well, and we will see you next time.